and welcome to Vision Again. It's one of those podcasts about the Eurovision Song Contest. My name's Rob Holly, and I love Eurovision. Of course I do, otherwise I wouldn't be here. Um, this podcast is about me interviewing Eurovision people, and today is no exception. Today, I'm chatting to James Newman. James was the UK entry for Rotterdam 2020, and I guarantee you'll know some of his songs. He's written for the likes of Ed Sheeran and Little Mix, and there'll be at least two or three of his tracks that you will absolutely love. Eurovision would have seen James stepping out on his own, though, with the anthemic My Last Breath. Oh, I'm so gutted for James. If you've not seen the documentary about James, Eurovision and the coronavirus on iPlayer, go and watch it now because we talk about it in the interview and it's really genuinely moving. We also chat about whether or not he's going to do 2021. I really hope that he does. Gardening and exclusively what the staging would have been like for My Last Breath. And honestly, it sounds really freaking incredible. This would have been a watershed moment for the UK. Let me tell you that. But first, we chat about rabbits. You've got rabbits, I found out today. Got, well, my wife has told me to make sure I tell everyone that they're her rabbits. Right, um, okay. <laughs> but yes, we have rabbits in the household because um, the documentary that just came out, it, it made it out that they were my rabbits and she's uh, a bit annoyed with me. So they only like obey her command. Yeah, <laughs> they, but there are rabbits. Um, the new hey. one, Wilma, she's my rabbit. <laughs> Wilma. Is the other one called Fred? No, it's called Brick. We got him Brick. first. I think my wife was really into, well, it was the time when Anchorman first came out. and Right, of course. Yeah. Called yeah. Him Brick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was watching that iPlayer documentary this morning, and it took me up until about two minutes, 50 seconds before I started to tear up. Oh, like, really? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's really emotional because I think uh, it's been months now since it's been cancelled and I've sort of been okay with it, but it's sort of, it's starting to hit home now because everyone's celebrating it. How are you holding up? The, uh, how are you handling it this week? Um, I mean, it's kind of, it's all sunk in now that, you know, I mean, this week I was meant to be in Rotterdam, so I keep getting like pangs yeah. of sadness that, you know, like right now I should be like doing my, like my dress rehearsal in, in, yeah. in Rotterdam in the massive arena. Um, but I'm at home with the rabbits, but, um, there's all, it's, you know, it's been, it's been, I've been gutted, but also there's been so much stuff happened that's made me feel really happy and really nice and like stuff like this, getting to chat with yourself and chat with so many people. And I've, I've had, you know, like obviously the documentary and stuff like that. And I've done loads of performances for Eurovision, um, and we've got like you know, there's the show coming on when on Saturday, and and I've done like my Graham Norton interview, but via Zoom, um, and there's been loads of stuff that's kind of made me, you know, still feel like Eurovision hype and the buzz and stuff, and all the fans and like so much interaction with everyone. I've still felt that kind of community spirit that, that Eurovision's got. So 
I've really, I've had a really good time actually. Whether even though it's from my kitchen, it's still been a, a great journey so far. Yeah, I think some people on the outside of the bubble, or people who only casually uh, get involved with Eurovision, the people that watch it on a Saturday night, don't necessarily realise how much effort goes into it and how much of a community there is behind it. And so sometimes, um, so for example, a lot of people when the Eurovision was cancelled were like, oh, well, you can just do it from, you know, studios or you could do it without an audience. And it's like, no, this this thing is too, too massive to be able to to carry on like that. And the, the other thing that I learned from the documentary is that you suspected or you you know that you had COVID-19? Yeah, I had all, I had, wow. sim- I had symptoms. Um, so I called, because uh, I've got asthma as well. So I called um, right. my doctor and was like, um, you know, told him all the symptoms. He was like, yeah, it sounds like you've, you've got it. So obviously, and um, before that, I was isolating anyway because I've got asthma and I'm quite, mo- with people with asthma, moderate to high risk. Yeah. I didn't really know where, where I was on that scale. So obviously, I was isolating. So I, I don't know how I'd, picked it up I mean we were being so careful even before I went to the shop so somehow I'd like kind of maybe it was I don't know I don't know how I got it but it was yeah um my symptoms were kind of I'd say moderate um like I had a really tight chest uh really hard to breathe and it really affected my asthma and I was just so knackered headache all the time and I lost my sense of taste and smell before right. symptoms got worse and I was like oh my god like I made guacamole for me and my wife one night and she had a bit and she was like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> And I was like, what? And then I realised that I couldn't taste or smell anything. And then I was like, uh-oh. Um, so, yeah, it kind of, and it's taken us about a month, I, about a month to kind of fully recover. And I still, you know, I've been like going out on my bike now and trying to get yeah. healthy again because I'm still getting like lung pain and stuff. So I think um, get like going through that really solidified for me what it's, you know, why it's so important that, we're all just at home and, and like a thing like Eurovision couldn't happen. Even if you're being that careful, how could a massive show like that go on, you know? So it's been a bit of a, yeah. a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a journey, I suppose. And how have you guys been passing the time? Um, so I've got into gardening. Um, right. Me too. <laughs> bit nice. What are you growing? <laughs> Nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm trying to get the grass to grow. That's the hardest. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. Um, uh, and because when we moved in, the garden was really overgrown, so I've kind of been yeah, yeah. just preparing the preparing the soil. Alan Titchmarsh said it's really important. So <laughs> there's no point planting stuff if your soil's not right. So uh, I've got some compost and that. And then um, what else? We've got some roses growing in the wisteria that's already here. So I've been looking after that. Nice, nice. I'd totally recommend if you're just starting off to try, um, obviously tomatoes, tomatoes are really great. Courgettes as well. If you can get courgette seeds, so easy to grow in any type of soil and like you'll have courgettes for days. They just keep on coming. Nice. So if you like courgettes, get them and, uh, and runner beans as well. So. (laughs) Great. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with courgettes. It's healthy as well. You can make pasta with courgettes. So, you know. Exactly. I think I've got one of them, um, spirit, Spiralizers, whatever it's called, something another one. Oh yeah, yeah. In, I think I'm pretty sure I got one of those about four years ago, and it's gone in the same cupboard as the cheese toaster and everything else that I don't touch anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey, oh, well, that's good. Well, hopefully you'll come out a bit more green fingered uh, yeah. and and healthier from yeah, from, from, uh, from lockdown. Um, I wanted to talk to you a bit about um the people that you've worked with, and so you've you've worked with some really incredible people uh, and written for some amazing artists some of my favorites calvin harris uh, ed sheeran 
Little Mix, who are just beyond brilliant. I absolutely adore them. What was it about 2020 that made you want to step out into the limelight as a vocalist in your own right? Um, I think it's been, it's kind of been a long time coming, really. Like Hmm. um, when I first moved to, I mean, I went to music college to to study to be an artist. And um, when I moved to London, I came with the goal of becoming an artist somehow and getting into the music industry. And because I got in through songwriting, um, and then that just kind of took off for me and I, I thought, you know, make hair when the sun's shining. So I just kept writing for loads of people and I was kind of looking for the opportunity. And because when you're writing so many different songs and different styles of songs, you're like, oh, maybe like that could be the vibe that I go for because I love so much different music, you know. I'm like, oh, maybe I could do like a Motown thing or maybe I could do like a really country thing or... I could do like a funk thing or like a really pop thing or a dancey thing. So, but um, it was like the, it was like start of last year or mid mid last year that I was like kind of playing my wife loads of kind of old song in, going through the graveyard of songs that never got used. And then I played a one and she was like, "Oh my god, that's like that's so you that song. Like it's like a mix of everything, like so." Uh, soul and a bit of country and songwriter and the lyrics were perfect and the kind of vibe of it and then I was like oh my god yeah and then I realised I had about four more that kind of fit together so then it all kind of then I thought right I've found really what really the songs that I really love and I feel that really represent me and that I feel confident with them presenting to record labels and stuff so yeah that was how I kind of started moving forward really and and as soon as and I did a few gigs and as soon as I you start playing gigs again, you're like, oh my God, like, yeah. what have I been doing? I need to, I need to get <laughs> on the stage. It's such a nice, uh, that's my favourite thing about music is singing on stage and seeing people's reactions in yeah. real life. So um, it just really like drew, like pushed me forward to kind of like start, you know, looking for an opportunity to release my own record. And where did that morph into becoming an invite to the Eurovision Song Contest? I'm published by BMG and Black Butter. We started looking around for options for, for a deal and we spoke to Alistair, who's the head of BMG, and I said, like, you know, I'd really love to, like, launch my record in, like, Europe or Germany because I think it's, like, a really fun place to do it uh, and as well here. But, there's you know, there's been big artists have broken in Germany, like Rag and Bone Man, uh, Leaper, yeah. you know, they've all had a good opportunity there. So I thought, why not try that? And then Alistair said, this is amazing. Why don't we sign it to to BMG, you know, England and do it everywhere. So obviously I, I love everyone there. So, yeah. And then they, they came to me a, f- a few months later and said, how do you feel about doing the Eurovision Song Contest? Because they'd taken the uh, taken the reins uh, with the BBC. So I was like, wow, you know, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's quite odd, isn't it? Because I think the UK is going through a a bit of dis, a bit of a process of rediscovering what the Eurovision is as it is now. Um, and it's a bit funny because there's this old school that see it as a sort of cheesy competition, um, and they get their, they unpack their views and their opinions once a year, pack them back in, and thankfully that sort of um, uh, what's the word that sort of uh, feeling about the Eurovision is 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 fail is falling away in the UK um, and being replaced by the reality of what Eurovision is, which is this massive contemporary global contest that creates billions of streams for, for the competitors in it, which I think goes back to what you were saying about um, breaking in different countries and it's sort of being this, this huge, huge thing. Um, the UK is on a bit of a journey with that in that we're 
we're still trying to catch up with the other countries. How do you feel about that journey? Um, I'm really excited to be part of, you know, part of a shift in in uh, in kind of the opinion of it, like like you were saying. Um, the fact that I get, I mean, for a starter, like the opportunity for a new artist to stand on a stage and 200 million people watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like what new artist gets that and all the kind of... Um, all the kind of promo and attention I've got from, from doing it is like massive. Like it's huge. Like the promo run I've had is, I mean, not many people get that as a new artist. So that as a starter has been like a, a massive gift to me. And then, you know, you realize all this, you listen to the songs, like so many songs this year are amazing. Like, like I love them. Um, and I think it's like once people start like, t- taking it seriously and like kind of, Put it, you know, putting it if they like listen to the music, they'll see that it's you know, um, it's it's massive, and we've won uh, five yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're pretty good at it. <laughs> you know, when we get when we get stuck in. Um, tell me a bit about the writing process for my last breath. So we, I, I'd been to LA before, and we wrote it, and I was kind of. And then I've done loads of writing with all my friends, like hitting everyone up saying, like, I'm trying to write a song for the Eurovision Song Contest, um, which is amazing because I've got it on tap, like some of the greatest songwriters in the world. Um, and I came back from LA and then did some writing here. And then as um, in January every year, me, Ed Jewett, Adam Argyle and Ian James go to like a little house somewhere by the sea or by cold water so we can sit for a week and kind of like start the year again and like get back into songwriting and hang out and talk about stuff and go in cold water and do some exercise, just have a beer and hang out. And then, so this year, luckily we'd already booked it in to go to Scotland to um, Ian's friends. have got like a tiny little house on the lock um, by Loch Tay, uh, right up in the Highlands. And I was like, guys, would you mind if we use this week to, you know, try and write a, a European smash banger? And uh, <laughs> and they were obviously up for it. So we got like the sleeper train up to Scotland, uh, which was an experience. Uh, yeah, and then we just kind of got there and we were like, we're not going to like, no pressure. We're just kind of like, let's, we were like, we don't even have to write the song this week. Let's just like hang out and see what comes out. And like, so we went for hikes and we swam in the lock. And then we watched this documentary about um, deep sea divers in the North Sea and how one of the guys got cut off. And the whole team, against all odds, when you get cut off from the umbilical cord, you get five minutes of backup oxygen because they're, like, in the heavy suits. Anyway, it sinks to the bottom of the sea, and they think they can't save him because it's been half an hour before they get the ship back to find him. Anyway, they find him, pull him back up, they still think he's dead, and then they bring it, the guy gives him mouth-to-mouth and he comes back to life. Like, he, he was literally dead, and then they saved him. So we were like, wow, what an amazing, like, how what people will do for other people, even though they think all the hope is lost. And then we were, then it got us thinking, like, what you would do for someone that you loved or people that you love, or what people do for people that they love. It's like, I want to give, even if I thought it wouldn't help, I'd still give you my last breath, just in case. So 
Oh, it's crazy to think, had you watched a different documentary, we might have got like yeah. something, uh, <laughs> who knows, like Tiger King or yeah, uh, yeah. God knows what it would have been on Netflix. But uh, yeah, it's a really great song. And I think as well, another part of the journey um, in terms of the UK moving forward and being a bit more contemporary with what's going on and just bringing our entries up to date was the incredible video that you did with Wim Hof. Um, how important was that video to get right? and to have women in it. And how did it come about? So I've like uh, been a follower of Wim Hof for years now. Ed Drew actually got me into Wim Hof. We were in Denmark once writing and Ed was like, let's jump in the harbour in December. And I was like, no. <laughs> anyway, we did it. And the first time I did it, it was like the biggest buzz I've ever had. Um, and I just thought, wow, I need to like get into it. Anyway, I got into it and um I went to train last year with Wim Hof where we shot the video um, on yep. this, in Poland on, this mount, on the side of a mountain called Sniska. And I did the whole week of the breathing and the, and, you know, like jumping in uh, icy waterfalls and stuff with Wim. And it, that's, it's the whole kind of thing has changed my life and in so many ways. It makes me feel so good and it's so good for my like head and anxiety and you know like mental health uh, and physical health as well so I love it anyway so I was like I need to you know I keep I was talking to my label all the time just going on about Wim Hof like (laughs) there'd always be (laughs) there wouldn't be a day where I'd talk about something to do with Wim Hof because we would and when we were in Scotland we were swimming in the lock and stuff like that and we were doing the breathing and cold water swimming whilst writing the song and I, and I was like, why don't we try and get Wim in the video? And like, my label were like, yeah, we'd love to. And I, I was like, kind of, it was kind of a joke that we would yeah. be able to, that I would be able to have a video with Wim Hof in it. Anyway, they got in touch with his uh, son, uh, and he came back straight away and said, yeah, that sounds amazing. We'd we'd love to. Wim was, Wim's really excited. And I was like, what? No way! Like, <laughs> Wim Hof, I'm gonna get to, and like go and go and hang out with him and like you know, chat to him, you know, one-on-one and, like, it was amazing and, like, the text that he sent the day before I was, like, Wim's really excited to shoot the video and, like, can't wait to oh, meet man. him properly and I was like, wow. So, yeah, I mean, there's some moments when uh, when we were at the house in the morning and he said, uh, you've got to live every moment like it's your last breath and I was like, someone better have got that on camera because that's amazing <laughs> so, and that's how we got the and then Charlie kind of filmed him later and got loads of quotes from him and that's how we got the start and the ending things so um, it kind of brought a new meaning to the song for me as well you know more of a personal yeah. personal journey so yeah I, c- I could not believe it um, really really like overwhelming cool. I'm glad you got the video that you wanted. I'm glad you're finding as well uh, some uh, something out of doing. Um, what's it called? Ice diving, ice bathing, uh, cold, yeah, cold water, cold water exposure, co- <laughs> cold water exposure. I couldn't do that, but then I don't like going in the sea at all. Full there stop. I don't like being able to not see beneath me. So like lakes and stuff. <laughs> oh man, I, yes, absolutely not. And how would you have brought that to the stage? Because you said you were quite advanced in the ideas for how that was going to be reproduced on stage, and you did want to reference the video. How would that have uh, come about? Out. We wanted to kind of, um, I think we were actually releasing some of the plans this week, um, the oh, stage cool. drawings. Um, so I don't know if that's a surprise, but um, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not anymore. <laughs> um, 
but it was good. I wanted it to kind of carry on from the kind of setting of the, the video. I wanted it to all connect because everything had already connected mm. so far with the song and the Wim Hof method and uh, how we wrote it and like the, the cold and the water and stuff like that. So the idea was to have it kind of set in like a big icy tundra kind of vibe. Um, kind of, uh, and then a big kind of like icy rock face and then a big uh, cube of water or not well fake water like because it would be all projected screens and stuff um which would be underneath i'd be stood on top of it um and it was going to all like i was going to interact with the water and there was going to be a like a girl in the cube and stuff like that and then the water the water was all going to kind of flood out of the oh. cube and then look like it was going to flood the stage and then I don't think I've told anyone this yet, but at the end, the girl was meant to appear in real life because all the way through she'd have been projected. And then at yeah. the end, she would have appeared real and oh. drenched wet through. <laughs> that sounds epic. Would, would that have been your wife in the cube? No, no, she wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> she looked like Was well, she going to come to Rotterdam with you? Because the other person as well, like who seems to be getting a lot of attention on Twitter in particular... Is your mum, who oh. is just like brilliant. She loves it. <laughs> How's she been throwing herself into it? Oh, my mum absolutely loves it. She's always, you know, with my brother as well, through my brother's kind of career. She's always, she went on Loose Women with my brother and <laughs> like Steve Wright. So she, when, when I said I was doing this, she goes, oh, I can go on Steve Wright with you. And Ace. there was, I think there was talk of like maybe Loose Women and mum going on again. So, but she loves being involved in like all the, like how much, all the fans seem to like love Jackie Newman. She's a she's a proper ledge. So, and it's nice because it's like you know it's my mum and it's like me yeah. and my, my brother are such like a tight tight um, unit that it's you know Jackie's got to be involved. You can't you can't have a you can't have a Newman son without Jackie Newman being involved. You know? <laughs> and did you guys used to watch Eurovision as a family? Um, obviously, like every year when it's on, you're like, oh yes, Eurovision's on. Um, so you'd all sit down, sit down and watch it and stuff and. Over the years, you know, you kind of, you, you watch it. and But like we were saying earlier, you, you never really delve in to, into like the behind the scenes of it and stuff and yeah. realise how, how much of an amazing community it is. I know you don't know whether or not you will be invited back next year, um, but you've said quite a few times that you'd like to go and that you'd really like to fly the UK flag. Um if you do go with a whole year to prepare, how do you think you would approach the songwriting process? Would it be different from this year? I think, I think I'd probably do, probably do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix and go off to Scotland for a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah I really think that's, um, we do it quite a lot um, with our friends as well. You know, we always put on like writing retreats where we all just go to like a house in the countryside and just kind of be creative. I think it works really well. And that's, what I would like to do if I do it again, try and do it that way because I think you get, I want it to be, and I like to be kind of get stuck in because it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's me singing. I'm representing myself. Mm. So the, the lyrics and everything's got to be kind of, it's got to be me. Um, so I think so. Yeah. And I think I would probably wait until the start of next year to write the song because obviously the world will be a different place then. And I want, and, yeah. um, you know, like writing it now wouldn't feel right, really. You want to kind of, I think, yeah, yeah. I just think the world will be a different place and I'd definitely love to do it at the start of next year. And do you think um, if you were to get invited back that 
Is there an element of competitiveness that you think might enter over the next 12 months? Yeah, um, I think we kind of did that. We had like a, it's kind of like a, a brief, really, like we had a brief yeah. for, the, for my last breath, which was, you know, we got like loads of data from like um, total Eurovision boffs who were like, you know, it's got to be <laughs> songs in this tempo don't win. So t- generally tend to win. There was like one song in the whole competition that had won between like one, one ten and one twenty six BPM yeah, yeah, or some, yeah. something like that. I don't know if it was one song, but anyway, they were, um, so we had like a tempo kind of thing, and 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 obviously wanted to have like a anthemic kind of tag on the end of the chorus and stuff like that, and kind of sim- and like simple lyrics, easy to sing along for everyone. Um, so yeah, that was that. I definitely, when writing it again, I will take elements of you know like songs that have won. But there's not really any formula, I don't think. In yeah, yeah, yeah. songs, right? You know, you look at like every year, the songs are completely different that win. There's not. I think the 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 running formula is like connecting on some kind of like universal level, like whether it's lyrically or or the kind of feel good factor or making you feel sad. Something that kind of that everyone can relate to, I think, really helps. So that's yeah. But the the entries this year have been really inspiring. I think that it makes you think, right? Yeah, I've got to come up with something amazing to kind of because yeah, yeah. those guys are going to write more songs that are pro- even more amazing. So it's like I've got to step up even more. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Talking about all the statistics and the the the, the boffinry behind it, and I'm not a musician, I don't understand, but I do know that there's that weird statistic as well about um, your. Eurovision songs in a minor key do much better than Eurovision songs in a major key. Why on earth would that be? What What is the science? I don't know. Uh, yeah, that was in the, <laughs> in the brief as well. It was like um, nothing, no songs in G major tend to win, which is like the real, the, yeah. the happiest key. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe it's like you can have a you can have a happy song in a minor key, but there's something yeah. about the chords and the, the melodies that's kind of get your get your get your heartstrings going without you even knowing i think and you say you're familiar with all of the entries now um which were your favorites from this year i really love jean gu uh from the netherlands <laughs> yeah yeah um his son is so great and then i watched the video of him the other day and he recorded it in like a, a big church i think it was in amsterdam like a big kind of chapel yeah. or church and that was oh, just amazing i, I think his lyrics um, and his song is Amazing, and I really love uh, Destiny from Malta. All of my love, yep. Such a, like it's proper like banger kind of you know like soul bluesy <laughs> banger thing. Um, who else? I really love uh, the uh, the Iceland entry. Think about things. Yep, yep. it's really cool. I tried. I tried to learn the dance for the documentary. <laughs> uh, I I can't do it either. It's yeah. ridiculous. But um, I mean, he's coming to London in December. Well. I mean, he's planning to come to London in December to perform. Yeah. So um, I hopefully get to see some Eurovision acts this year. Have you got any gigs or anything lined up or any online things or musical releases that we should be aware of? Uh, my new single is coming out this Friday, Friday the oh, cool. 15th, um, with my video as well, which uh, we've shot in under strict strict uh, social distancing rules. So nice, good. I'm really excited about it. It's a song I wrote before uh, any of this kind of happened, so, um, but now the lyrics, more than anything, really mean a lot to me and, uh, and to what's going on. So hopefully 
people like it. Um, so yeah, that's coming out. And then um, my EP, I'm going to put out uh, this in the next few months as well. And my album by the end of the year. And then I'm going to, you know, start once kind of Eurovision's, you know, the madness, it's been absolute madness. I've been like, you know, so busy. So after that, I'm going to start doing like more gigs online and stuff like that. And then when I can start going out and doing gigs, you know, in, in the real world, but you know, I think online is the you know the best place to start thinking about doing gigs at the minute. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I, I've seen so many interviews with different people talking about the music industry in particular, and how that's just not going to get up and running um, in the same way that you know we, we're used to it being for a long, long time. So yeah, the whole um, and you've seen it with Eurovision, the fandom coming together and doing things and streaming things, and the figures for that have been really, really great. So. Um, that's not a question. That's just an observation. I just like, yeah, I just want, I want live music back, you know, that's yeah. all I want. That'd be yeah. really, really great. Um, and out of the, uh, so taking yourself out of the equation and putting your favorites aside or whatever, who do you think would have won in Rotterdam? I think it might have been Delphi in the Iceland. Yeah. It just, I mean, he was tipped as one of the favorites, wasn't he? And we had a chat on Zoom. And uh, it was, you know, his song had gone viral, and James Corden had even mentioned him and stuff like that on Twitter. And like the song's like really, really good, and like I love the vibe of the video and stuff like that. And like I reckon he would have had a really good shot. At it. Yeah, yeah. And do you think? Um, do you have an inkling that you might be invited back, or is it completely radio silence at the moment? Radio silence at the moment. So it's uh, kind of a bit nerve wracking, but you know what. It, what will be, what will be. I mean, whatever's right for the BBC and stuff like that. And how, cause however it works out, you know, we'll just have to see, but fingers crossed I'll be on that stage next year. I, I genuinely, I hope you do. I got to, um, genuinely, I hope you do get the invite to, to perform for the UK next year. I've got to say when I went to see you at the, the launch party, um, I thought your voice was just incredible in a way that I don't think we've had a male vocalist with such stage presence, um, and credibility going, um, being put out there for the UK for many a year. And that's no disrespect to any of the other acts that we've had um but everything seemed to be coming together so i really really hope that you do get an opportunity to go um and and to showcase a new song for us um whether or not you're standing on top of a massive uh, waterfall box with a girl inside <laughs> inside a cube or not i don't know how that's going to work or what the uh, what the influence will be but i do hope that we get to hear some more music from you uh you so on the, the world's biggest stage just want to say thank you to everyone who supported me and all the fans and you know Thanks, even though we're going through a crazy time, thanks for making me feel so welcome and everyone like into the world of, of being an artist. It's really, really humbling and really lovely. And go and buy my, I'll listen and stream my new single on Friday. <laughs> uh, it's called Enough. What a lovely, lovely man. Make sure you stream or download James's new single enough when it comes out on Friday. I truly hope he'll be invited to represent the UK in 2021. And I suspect we'll find out soon enough. Big thanks to James for coming on the podcast and a big, big thanks to you for listening. Please do like and subscribe. It really helps. And while you're at it, why not give me a rating too, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? Thank you. Thank you.
In the meantime, while we're on lockdown, I've been running some Eurovision rewatches over on Twitter every Saturday night at 8pm. Well, except this week, it's actually on Sunday to avoid any official Eurovision clashes. You can find details on Twitter at Eurovision again, and they trend under the hashtag Eurovision again. The website is again.vision. So all the details you can find on again.vision. And if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter as myself at Rob Holly. Thank you so much. This has been Camberwell Calling. See you soon.